0: Hello and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service in the sharing of God's Word. This is where we study, learn, and abide, in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. And if there is one thing that I know for sure, that is, there is our way and there's God's way. Father, we thank you for today, this opportunity once again, for awaking us, for allowing us in our minds and in our hearts the desire to to worship, to learn, to seek your face and presence, your knowledge and your wisdom and apply it to our lives. God, we are just your children, your creations seeking to live a life. is pleasing in your sight to do the right thing and to not take credit for it for all that we are, all that we are capable of, all that the talents and gifts and abilities that we have, they belong to you. You have given them to us to glorify you. And that's what we seek to do. God, I pray that this word goes into the ears and the hearts and the minds of your people to help them, to encourage them and inspire them and lift them up to build their confidence in you, an unfailing God who is worthy to be praised. Use your servant, God, to minister to your people. As we ask and pray in your precious son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> I want to talk today about depending on God. We often hear uh, people recite verses from the Bible that sound very familiar uh, in many ways and, and have been quite popular. So the focus of today's message is on uh, one uh, such verse. Sometimes the meaning of the verse gets separated from how it was intended. Uh, Not necessarily on purpose, mainly through well-meaning intent, but even still the whole uh, or true meaning gets, gets missed. Truth be told, I would much rather have people uh, quoting scripture than uh, cussing another person out or, or mistreating them. Uh, in the worst case, it provides an opportunity for responsible pastors, ministers, and church leaders to teach the whole truth and intent behind the verse. So let's let's examine one of those popular verses. I'm going to read from Psalms uh, 55 and 22 in the NIV Psalms 55. 22 in the NIV, it says, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. One verse says so much. One verse says so much, so impactful. We're going to dissect that and have other scriptures to support it. But the title of today's message is, You Can Depend on God. You can depend on God. If you've spent any amount of time uh, being a human being, you've no doubt had to rely on someone at some point in your life. Hopefully, your experience has been mostly good um, in that those whom you've depended on were reliable. If we're being honest, however, we know that no single individual was capable of being 100% reliable in every instance they they may have desired to but fell short or or worse they had no ten, intention of ever doing what they what they promised thankfully god is not a man not only can he not lie but he also promises to fulfill his every promise to to love, comfort, care, protect, defend, and provide for his children, those who he has saved and given the free gift of salvation and eternal life, members of the body of Christ, having the mind of Christ, and in other words, being in relationship with him. Being in relationship with him. so. In, in looking at that verse, the, the very first part is cast and let go. You, 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 you're casting and you're letting go. What, is, what does it mean to cast? A word many of us are familiar with, as it appears dozens of times in the Bible, but do we fully understand its true meaning? In this verse, the definition and meaning of the word cast are to put forth, to place as if by throwing, to deposit, to throw off, or away, to get rid of and discard, uh, shed, molt, to dispose, and to assign. So in, 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 in Psalms, again, 22, 55 and 22, Psalms 55 and 22 in the Amplified, it says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. That's the first part. Cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. Understanding the intent of this verse is to compel us to put our adversaries uh, for God to handle and deal with, to, to place our cares in his capable hands to, to, to manage the affairs when we've done all that we can, to deposit our problems into his account to address and return to us as a blessing in growth. When, when we are handed uh, toxicity that could harm us, we are to throw it off towards and away to God, getting rid of and discarding. When we discard something, We don't keep holding on to it, right, Uh, lest we end up in the same place as the item we threw away. As children of God, saved by His grace, we have the privilege of assigning the impossible to Him to deal with. He has given us the ability to deal with. It should be exhilarating. To, to, he's given us the ability to, to deal with things, right? Right? But the things that we can't, we give to him. So it should be exhilarating to, to the point of jubilant escalation elation, jubilant elation to know that we can cast our worries and care on God, completely letting go of them, letting go of them, knowing and trusting the solution to our woes, is in the best, most capable hands that ever was, is, and will be. In in 1 Peter 5 and 7 in the NIV, it says, Turn all your worries over to him. He cares about you. This verse does not say some or few, but all. Things we can handle ourselves, we generally don't worry about. We, we, We just do them. What worries us are the bigger things, the the unknown things, those that that appear massive and far too much for us to handle. So we are then to assign them, those things, to God, knowing and trusting that he will take care of them. This is why worry is a sin. Instead of worrying, we should cast. Instead of fear, we should discard. Instead of... Angst we should put forth to God and instead of trying to carry the burden, we should deposit it into God's hands. Why? Because He cares for us. You know that warm feeling you you get when someone shows you and, and demonstrates that they really care about you? That it's like a warm chocolate chip cookie or chocolate cake. It's it's just it feels so good. How good does that feel, to know that you matter to someone? That can be very comforting. Well, that care doesn't even begin to compare to the deep level degree or endless amount of how much God cares for us. I don't know about you, but there is no greater confidence than in, in knowing that the Creator of all cares about me. The other point I want to address is be dependable. It should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think you know me by now. If we want God to be dependable, then we should be dependable first. We should be dependable members of the body of Christ. We should be dependably and consistently have the mind of Christ. I'm going to go back to Psalms 55 and 22 in the Amplified, and now let's look at the second part of that verse. We we, we read, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. Then the second part is, he will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved made to slip, fall, or fail." Consistently righteous to be moved. So there, it, it's very important to understand these verses, to dissect them, to, to look into them, and understand their wholeness, because there's some instruction in there. There's, there we have some responsibility in that. Consistently righteous. So the, 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 the second part, of this verse is equally if not more critical than the first part. We should, without fail, know and trust in God and His Word, no matter the situation we face. Further to that end, we should be dependable to our fellow man. We, When we give our word, we should honor it. Otherwise, don't bother giving it at all. We say we're when we say we're going to do something, we need to do it. If not, we should refrain from making the promise or commitment in the first place. Simple, but not everybody understands that, which is why I'm saying this. These are the precepts, these are the things that we need to do in order to be consistently righteous. Think of of it this way. God will not allow us to be moved from where we are supposed to be. So if we are not where God wants us doing what he created us to do, so we're we're not where he wants us to be, we're not doing what he wants us to do, what do you think is going to happen, or what might happen? So God's services aren't slippery. You're not going to slip and fall or fail on the pathway that God has created for us. We do not trip and stumble over the things of God. We we, we simply cannot fail at what the perfect and infallible Creator of all has set in motion to happen. That deserves repeating. We simply cannot fail at what the perfect and infallible Creator of all has set in motion to happen. Know that you know that you know. If God purposed, directed, commissioned, and planned it to be, it will be. End of discussion. In First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 in the NIV, it says, So don't be proud. Put yourselves under God's mighty hand. Then he will honor you at the right time. Understand that being full of pride, arrogant, puffed up, thinking of yourself as uh, better than others uh, and are self-made are not traits of righteousness. It, it is sad to know that uh, some of them think of themselves so highly as they don't feel they, they need God's help. I got this. I'm, 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 I'm self-sufficient. I'm self-made. I did this all on my own. Some don't want, for that reason, God to help them because it will be a reminder of just how weak without God and puny they are in their own strength. But who I really want to speak to are are those who feel that God won't help them because of their past. Those of you who feel like God has forsaken you because you did something bad or wrong in the past. Knowing that your hearts belong to God and you desire to do his will, know then that God loves you, has honored your request to forgive your sins, and has the gift of salvation for you that you seek. In first Peter chapter five, verse six in the NIRV or NIRV, it says it, 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 it talks about the enemy. And in verse nine, I uh, am not first Peter chapter five uh, verse nine I want to read, it says stand up to him, stand firm in what you believe. All over the world you know that your brothers and sisters are going through the same kind of suffering. So this verse encourages us to stand up to the enemy, defying his puny threats and taunts, seemingly dangerous to us, but puny in God's sight. The enemy is a defeated weakling in the presence of God who can destroy the enemy and the enemy's strongholds effortlessly god can do that has done that will continue forever to do that until the end know that you are not alone singled out or unique in your struggles as the wise solomon says in the book of ecclesiastes there is nothing new under the sun. In other words, no problem that you face, concern you have, weight you are under, relationship challenge that you have, lack that persists, bad thing that you did, or impossible situation you may be facing is new or foreign to God. And even better, God has already solved, resolved, lifted, repaired, provided, and destroyed the adversaries countless times. Suffice to say, God is an excellent problem solver. Even those problems that we created ourselves, we just need to turn them over to him, cast and let go. And finally, God does not fail. And therefore, neither will you. Let me explain that. One thing we know for sure in reading the scriptures is that God does not fail. He simply does not fail. He can heal the sick uh, through Christ raise the dead. There's so, too many to name off. Countless reasons, evidence, proof of what God set out to do, he achieved. He simply does not fail. He didn't fail in the creation of the world or man, nor did he fail in providing a path for man to be saved from eternal hell hell and damnation. Our, Our feeble minds may see and interpret things as failure when they don't work out the way we wanted them to, but that doesn't mean God failed. He, God, has a plan, a perfect plan, in fact, a plan to give us hope and a future. In, in Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verse 5 and 6 in the NIV, Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6 from the NIV, verse 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Verse 6, so we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me?" So here yet again is is another one of those popular verses often quoted to offer comfort from fear and and trouble. Interesting note, however, is, is that the verses just before these verses speak to being hospitable to strangers, remembering those in prison, remembering those who are mistreated honoring your marriage not committing adultery not being sexually immoral being free from the love of money and being content with what you have righteous living things that form in the heart it's not to say that things that are there for us are bad it's our use misuse uh, uh, in in things in moderation good excess not good righteous living so when when putting the verse in context with the verses that support and add additional insight and clarity helps us better understand their true intent i'd be hard pressed to believe that someone who followed the commands and principles presented in scripture would be in this instance feel forsaken or lack confidence in God. You see, it's, it's not the presence of God in our life that presents the issue. If we're honest, we know that our doubt is often fueled by our guilt or conviction of our behaviors that do not fit within the confine of how God expects us to conduct ourselves. Again, off the path. On the path, confidence, belief, trust, non-forsaken. Off the path is an entirely different experience. So, if we're really honest, we will admit that it is not God that has fallen short, but it is us, you and I, who have fallen short. And in our shortcomings, we have created a distance between ourselves and God's presence. In our distance, we have created a void of silence where we are unable to hear God when he speaks. And in our not hearing God, we lose sight of his favor that shines upon us. And in losing sight of God's favor, we fail to see the path that God has lit for us to follow. And in losing sight of the path, We then fail to understand that what is happening in our lives may be allowed and intended for our good. You see how that works? It's not God who is at fault for not acting on our behalf. It is the fault in our actions that is preventing us from seeing the move of God for what it is. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, in the Amplified, I'm going to read. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God did not give us the spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control so in our being created god has given us the very things that we need in order to live that righteous life to stay on the path he's already given us he's equipped us with that it's inside of us so it's it's crucial to understand the full meaning of this verse the spirit of fear carnal fear is not of god The the, the spirit of timidity is not of God. The spirit of cowardice or lack of confidence in God is not of God. The spirit of lack of self-control is not of God. So if you find yourself wrestling with these types of spirits, know that they are from the enemy. The enemy hopes to negatively influence you to the point where your belief, your faith, falters. The goal of the enemy is to erode your confidence in God completely. It's one of that little demon and imp's goals, purposes, self-assigned. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 in the NIV, Control yourselves. Be on your guard. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to chew up and swallow. So, to erode your faith to the point where you either try to take things over and control them yourself instead of letting God be in control, or worse, doubt God in disbelief of his almighty power and strength. This divine power has already overcome all manners of evil, the world, and everything in it. This divine power has already overcome all manners of evil, the world, and everything in it. You see, God has won the race for you before it began. No this deep within the recesses of your heart. God is the source, the only source, and provider of solutions to our woes. He will not, does not, cannot, nor has He ever failed. God has the plan. A plan we may not fully ever understand, but can rest assured, is in our own best interest. God is not the source of the spirit of fear that comes from the enemy. God never intended for us to worry or be in distress over problems we cannot solve. The more we put our faith and trust in God, the stronger our faith grows. Then, the more we are able to withstand and conquer trials, challenges, and adversity in this life. The formula for peace is simple. Live righteously, walk with Christ, cast your cares on God, and let God lead you. Then, You will not be shaken or forsaken. God, we thank you for this word, your word placed in your errand boy to vocalize to your people. God, we pray that this breaks the yoke of bondage for those who have been struggling with anxiety and fear and overwhelm. That they can release whatever is weighing them down. Casting that concern, worry, even doubt. Relinquishing it, letting go of it, and giving it to you once and for all. Believing and trusting and knowing that you cannot fail, that you have their best interest in mind, and whatever occurs while living the righteous life, and walking in the path, and and having given their hearts to you, having received the precious gift of salvation in your Holy Spirit, being a good steward, that they know they will never slip or fall or fail, they'll never be shaken, they can trust completely and wholly in your Word. And God, for those who don't have that relationship with you but desire, for those who may not know you but want to, for those who are seeking to better understand and know and want to have that path lit, God, I pray that they pray this prayer with me. To some, it's known as the sinner's prayer. But it's a prayer, a petition to God to let him know that you want to know him. You want to begin to have the type of relationship with him. I pray that they pray this prayer right now with me. God, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your Son, Jesus, gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place, paying the price for my sin, and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart right now, and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. This we ask and pray in your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you have accepted Christ in your life. You have taken the most important, very first step in establishing your relationship with God. That's the beginning, which is an important step. There's plenty more work to do in getting to know and build, as with any relationship, You don't reach the pinnacle of it at hello, right? So we're there now. You've been introduced. Now I strongly encourage you to study and abide and immerse yourself in God's Word so that He may speak to you and impart to you so that you may receive His Holy Spirit in your life to allow you to live the life that He has planned and purposed for you. I strongly urge you to do that. Read, study, abide, learn, and know continually. I have just one ask for you, and and that is this. Would you please share this message with three people? Any three people, whether you know them, they popped into your mind, placed on your heart, or simply by happenstance, although it will never be happenstance. My goal and my aim and my motivation is to get God's Word out to His people so that they can build and strengthen their relationships or even start their relationships. We all need all the help we can get in this dark, demonic world. And the Word of God is the only light that is everlasting, the only thing that lifts us up and builds us up and gives us. So again, I'm asking, will you please share this? with three people. I thank you in advance. I also want to thank you for your love and support. I'm so glad you were able to join us this Sunday and I hope you can join us again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of god's word and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size to do so please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org that's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.